0: Meanwhile, in Nebraska.
1: Oh, I look forward to taking you apart, Madeline, and discovering how you've changed.
0: That's right, I forgot. The broodmare's fulfilled her purpose. You have your prize, my baby. You don't need me anymore.
1: Only assets have value. Oh, (laughs) God!
0: I don't belong to you, sinister! I WON'T BE RULED BY YOU! I WON'T BE CONDEMNED BY YOU! Oh, Surprise! It appears your devices have limits, and I don't! Impossible! If you say so, what price glory now, Mr. Sinister? No! Your ambition is a world to rule, In one stroke, I make it ashes. I abjure life, father, and give myself over whole and unreservedly to the fire an inferno that will consume you (laughs) all. Oh, I hate you.
1: Madeline, I need to speak to Madeline at once. Side throwing a Death becomes Her" quote at the end. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody. That was issue 241 of the Uncanny X-Men way back in, what, 88? 87?
0: 1988.
1: 88. Uh... Good lord! Hi. This is episode one twenty nine of Come for Queers, CBQ Legacy. I'm Evil Jeff, and I'm here with my ever-loving co-host Brett.
0: Hi, Evil Jeff. Is it hot in here, or is it me? It's so hot. Oh,
1: hi. it is getting hot. I mean, oh, it is actually ninety degrees in LA right now. It's an unbearable inferno. Could you say
0: an inferno that will consume us all?
1: Oh. Well,
0: uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 129 (laughs) of Comic Booker's Legacy. Um, This is part three in our gay icon series that is happening while there are no new comic books. Uh, We've done Emma Frost. We've done an episode about North Star. And today we're talking about another gay icon in the world of X-Men. That's right. The
1: underboob outfit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The underboob. The underboob crossover, (laughs) a.k.a. Inferno. Uh,
1: Inferno, this ignited every little gay boy's fantasy of, like, of a redhead woman turning evil and making deals with the devil. Yes, please.
0: Yes, please. A bunch of teenagers frolicking through hell to save one of their own. Yes, please.
1: Um, Yeah, there's a whole bunch of different plot threads that have been building up. All the way from uh, the mutant massacre cuz that's where the mutant massacre was the first appearance by the marauders and their evil leader was Mr. Sinister who really didn't show up until kind of around now and um, finally making his face known and uh, and not only since the mutant massacre since issue like what is it 160 something of when Madeline Pryor first showed up we finally go. figure out who the you fuck go. is she
0: why do you look so much like Jean Grey
1: Yeah people I feel like everyone was just super okay with that
0: Everyone was super okay. Sometimes it's like, wow, you kind of bear an odd resemblance to her. And other times it's like, oh, my God, you're a clone of her.
1: Yeah. And then also like, oh, and then you happen to uh, your plane crashes on the same day Jean Grey died. Like, there was just a lot of...
0: A lot of stuff with Madeline. And there's a lot of stuff in Inferno. Inferno is long and dense.
1: It is. It is. Because we have the New Mutants and sim we have the exterminators and nastrith and then we have the x-men and sinister and all of it kind of crosses back and forth and the bad guys show up everywhere
0: oh yeah they're here and they're there it's a true crossover it's a crossover that happened
1: but not only in those three
0: books but but marvel wide
1: marvel wide they all had like little one shots that you know we decided we didn't really want to read daredevil
0: Um, spider-man power pack the avengers which had a very odd lineup at the time they all had inferno issues where
1: they were just battling like manhattan going crazy
0: manhattan went crazy which is so crazy uh just the demonic anth um a lot of A lot of murder. Anthropomorphizing. Anthropomorphizing. Lot of murder. Like um, I, that's Mutants. kind of a note like I made. Frost,
1: Emma Frost is like, don't go <laughs> in the elevator. She's in it. She's like, don't go in the elevator. And all these people run in the elevator. And when the elevator opens in the bottom, it's just bones and blood falls out. I was like, that's dark.
0: <laughs> that is dark. Um, there... There's a lot of weird elevator stuff just because this is a story where Manhattan becomes demonically enchanted and all the objects, all the buildings, including clothing on racks, um, becomes demonic and starts attacking people. And I think as a kid, I was like. Because I read this as a kid. As a kid, I was like, oh, cool. It's so scary. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everything's demons. Oh, and the now I'm like, oh, my God, the carnage.
1: The mailbox ate people and turned them into letters.
0: I mean, there are bloody people, body parts in the streets did for blocks you read the in lead, Manhattan did you read after the, this. The
1: lead up to Inferno, the couple uncanny before that uh yeah i that's did that's one where um, madeline they go on that date she goes on that date with havoc and that's yeah. where like those people like oh the gateway visions or they're like oh we're here to like examine the weird things going on and then they all get e- they get eaten in the elevator too
0: oh no they don't well they okay so Wait, do you recognize they? who those are
1: are they from the are they the jubilee people yes so they don't die
0: they don't die that happened after inferno
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that is 244. Yeah. So that's weird. But it seemed like yeah, they died. Yeah, they don't
0: die. They become mutant hunters.
1: Hmm. Well.
0: So they survived. They survived their demonic elevator in that, that one scene. But yeah, I even read um, uh, I an issue leading up to Inferno that really I like. I loved, especially because of Mark Silvestri's art, was uh, I forget. It's uncanny X-Men. I want to say 240. Uh, maybe right before that but it's madeline it's like when she has the dream
1: Over that her transforms face, her into her the goblin queen being taken off
0: yes where like the featureless mannequin walks up to them and cyclops like pulls madeline's features off of her face and puts it on the mannequin yeah. to make jean god that was so freaky that was so surreal so many beats of inferno just I mean, this is like, this was peak comic book. This I was 12 years old, but also so, peak you know, comic this will book. always be the best. But
1: if you think about starting, I mean, this started, this is like, almost, I mean, like six, seven years of she had been around, right? Yeah. And the fact that it had been maybe a couple of years since she was in Australia, and I would just say it was just such a slow build. He just peppered her her true intentions slowly and slowly and slowly and he just peppered them in to where you really believed, like oh she's fucking she's fucking turning fucking evil what is happening and no one's noticing because if you think about it too she is one of the most royally screwed over characters Like Chris Claremont was very upset by bringing Jean Grey back and fucking over Madeline Pryor.
0: I mean, what she continues to be screwed over. Madeline Pryor continues to be screwed over through this whole thing, not just leading up to this whole thing, because a lot of this is like a woman scorned um, story. But even after she's still like her origin as a clone to Jean finding that out what humiliation like yes you truly are second banana to this woman yeah literally to jean gray you literally are so a lot of things came flooding back to me rereading inferno just all of these moments yes
1: there is one thing that i that is the thing that's so disturbing for me and i want to know what you think about this is that she turns evil to get revenge but her ultimate revenge is, is very Medea, where she's like, the best way to hurt you, Cyclops, is by murdering our son. Sure. Which is so fucked up. It's and speaking so of their up. son, it, one thing that's
0: crazy about this is, as they're battling, as the X-Men and X-Factor, they are reunited after so long since Gene's death. They're battling Madeline Pryor. Um, that... They keep calling her, Madeline's baby is Cable. That they keep calling the baby Christopher. By they, I mean Cyclops and Jean And Madeline's like, his name is Nathan. I know you don't want to call him that because Nathan was the name of the bully at your orphanage, Scott. And I'm like, wow, I totally forgot his name was Christopher. Like, because he's what? Nathan. What? But <laughs> so, what how did that, that happen? Why,
1: why, yeah, why did they both call him different names? Do we remember how that came about?
0: I don't know. I mean, his name is Nathan Christopher Charles Summers.
1: That is weird that they call him Christopher.
0: I and mean, then like, they named him as, like, two people who couldn't decide on what a kid's name is going to be. Like, that's one name too many.
1: And and that's the other weird thing, is that this ends up, this is, the whole time, this is Cable. Now, granted... And the whole time it's Cable. But I mean, that is one thing that was not thought of.
0: You didn't of know that then.
1: Because that was created. I, I will actually say, I, after reading the uh, New Mutants. I was like, how? I was like, this is issue like 74. I was like, when does Cable show up? And I realized there's like a like 12 98. issue arc of Mirage and Danny Moonstar in Asgard with them all in Asgard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Cable shows up when they get back. And I was like, trying to look through it. I was like, oh, this looks boring and awful. Oof. And then Cable and Rob Liefeld shows up. And then. He and then changed the world. Well, he systematically got rid of... Other than Cannonball and Boom Boom, he got rid of every single... <laughs> like they, yeah. they, He kept Richter. No, Richter stayed too, I think, right?
0: Richter, Boom Boom.
1: Cannonball. Cannonball. Was, Sunspot. No, Sunspot left in issue 99. Ah, uh, fuck. He comes back later in X-Force. But remember, even Rain leaves to go to X-Factor... So then yep. X-Force is uh just Domino, Shatterstar, Richter, Boom Boom, Sunspot, and a, whoa, Thunder, Thunderbird. Yeah, Warpath. Or Warpath. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's just uh it's just so crazy thinking that all of this because then let this Inferno, right after Inferno, it's like slowly, maybe about two years away before X-Men number one, the biggest selling comic of all time. Mm-hmm. So it's this is all kind of leading up to the end of Chris Claremont.
0: Yeah, yeah, before his return.
1: Um, you no, know. <laughs> well, we don't count that anyway. Yeah. Um, Inferno. Let's start. Let's start where Where did this all start? I believe it started with New Mutants because it's all about Limbo. So let's with yeah. New Mutants.
0: Yeah, one thing I want to say first is I was reminded of the house ads for Inferno that I loved so much as a kid in the back of comic books prior to the event, where there's three different ads, and each ad was one panel, and it was like three characters like standing front left right. You know what I'm talking about? And like one was of Mister Sinister, Sim, and Nyaster. Naster, Naster, and like how one is that was Nastrith? of is it? No, there's no T at the end. There
1: isn't? Okay. Naster.
0: No. Naster. Um, and then one is one is like Magic, Ileana, Darkchild. And then another one is um, Jean, Madeline, Scott. Like,
1: oh my God. Do you remember those? I don't.
0: Yeah. Like one, it said Sim, Mr. Sinister, Naster. Sometimes good planning takes a lifetime. And then another one was Ileana, Magic, Darkchild. No one promised a happy ending. And then it was Jean Grey, Scott Summers, Madeline Pryor. You only think you know the whole story. Those three ads. Oh, I loved oh, them.
1: Oh, I found them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I remember these. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved everything about this era of X-Men. like, there, there was this... um book it was, it was some sort of pre- like previews maybe it was in wizard or it was in previews but it was kind of like a few pages from the the post um follow the new mutants world fall follow the mutants world mm-hmm. and it was like uh just i forget what it was in but you saw like you checked in with each team for like one or two pages um and it was like the setup to excalibur was one page. It was everyone reacting to the X Men's death. The set, the set, like Excalibur setup was one page, like where the new mutants were, like they were kicking around a soccer ball and mm-hmm. like outside the mansion. Anyway, just I, I have all these flashes of these things that were happening at the time. And it really was just the best time in comics. For, it was when I was so in love with comics, this era. So well,
1: it's, I mean, this is honestly for me, it's when. The, this literally was right... I'm trying to think of what... Inferno... I was on vacation and I was bored and I bought some X-Men comics. And I knew a little bit about X-Men comics because my best friend read them. And i that was when they were also selling classic X-Men. And at that point, it was doing the Dark Phoenix yes. Saga. So yes. I got the classic X-Men Dark Phoenix Saga, and then I got a new one, and it was the one where Wolverine was being crucified. Yep. So that was right when I picked up, and I was so invested in it, I immediately went to a comic book store, took all of my allowance, and just bought back issues and then went to my friend's house, and I would say within like a month, I had read from issue 200 all the way up to the present, and then started collecting Excalibur and reading it. I I gobbled it up really, 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 really fast. Yeah. And for me, the Inferno saga was like the pinnacle. It was, because it was all of them together, I still think Mark Silvestri, Silvestri, however you say his name, the way he draw, draws the X Men, the the bodies, the facial expressions are just so powerful and amazing. I I fucking love this crossover, except for the New Mutants. The New Mutants kind of boring.
0: yeah. So that that's my big takeaway upon the revisitation.
1: Which is and weird I have not Because read this it's like so that's long. what it's all based off of. Is Ileana. yeah,
0: but it was the New Mutants pieces are really drawn out.
1: It's almost like I feel like it could have happened in one issue yeah especially because then it's much it's very much like in in connection with the exterminators
0: formerly the well which was basically the x-factor kids the kids that x-factor had been rescuing in yeah. their book
1: so skids um, rusty what's his name rusty yep, skids, rusty
0: rusty trombone um, uh skid marks um, Richter, uh, Richter and Boom Boom
1: Boom Boom Arty and, and Arty and Leech. And then added to the Exterminators is Wizkid. What's his name? Right. Taki Takashi. Yep. Which I was like, he's a mutant. I assume, I guess maybe he is back on Krakoa. Do you know what else he's been in?
0: No, I don't know what ever happened to Wizkid.
1: Let's see, let's see if you can guess. He's been in something else
0: um a weapon X limited series
1: no Avengers Academy
0: really he was
1: one of the students at Avengers Academy and that's the only other time he's been used isn't that crazy
0: well I have to say rereading this as a man his powers are ludicrous they
1: make no sense he ludicrous like his powers are like I can turn anything into a gun.
0: <laughs> I can turn any machine into any machine, but it's just so – it's real uh, – uh, I don't know. Uh, like how, like y- you got to suspend a lot of disbelief for that particular power, I feel. Yeah. Fire coming out of the hands, I get it. But being able to just like morph one machine and so that a mic – you could just touch a microwave and like morph it into a supercomputer. Like what? What are we doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I also I like didn't it. really understand why Naster needed his computer. They were like, and then they kept saying things like, he was able to make a computer with spell check. <laughs> that was supposed to be impressive.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of a, yeah, it was like a running bit, like spell check. <laughs> like, they're dumb. That was my takeaway. Oh my Demons God. Demons are dumb.
1: Anyway, uh, but this is where you first really see, like, the whole entire. I forgot that like Boom Boom had a crush on Richter and Boom Boom is such a fucking cunt and Skids and Rusty. What's his name? Rusty what? Trombone. No, shut up. Collins. Rusty Collins. They are such goody two shoes. I'm so glad that they were written out.
0: I forgot how um, connected I had felt to the X Factor kids. I, I forgot that Richter and Boom Boom who have been through so much since these days? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of forgot that this was their origin.
1: Yeah, remember, like Richter was Latino, Mohawk, and leather vest with no shirt on. Hello. And Boom Boom with her like triangle glasses. Yeah, <laughs> and always they're great chewing gum, which I guess she still does. But that's the thing: is Exterminators was just kind of like. It connects into the X-Men because like Naster stole these these babies to to kind of keep Ileana's portal into Limbo open. And um and that connects into the new mutants, and then the new mutants are fighting. And I read a couple of issues before just to see what was going on, and I remembered how much I hated that Gossamer character.
0: Me too! I had the same thought. Gossamer, she was part of this team then. Ugh. Boo boring yeah sunspot was boring when she was around i also um something else that came to me is how much i loved artie and leech i agree Used to love artie and Leach. i thought they were the cutest things ever this era i just they're and they're kind of grown up now and like i feel sad like a parent who sees their awkward tween and are like, ugh, my kid used to be so cute. I wish my kid was three again. <laughs> that's how I feel about that's how I feel about Artie and Leech.
1: Um, one of the interesting things in Exterminators that I found was um, we've been complaining a lot about Danny Moonstar, Mirage, not using her powers. And in this, her powers are used in a way that I don't think are right. I don't know if you remember this part, but Rusty gets a head injury... Yeah. And then he's like, oh, my God, he's bleeding out. We need a bandage. And Mirage goes, well, I can create, I can manifest your greatest wish. And Skids, because you just wished a bandage, I now have one and I'm putting it on. Yeah.
0: Oh, I totally remember when her powers did that.
1: But I thought it was, but it was Mirage's.
0: It wasn't real. No, it was real. She... There was a period. We talked about this recently. There was a period where she was fighting. I forget who they were fighting, and he and they th- it threw they threw her against this computer. It was like this power weirdening computer machine, and she got thrown against it. Was like I got like all shocked, and then after that, she was able to, to make, make it
1: real what them real. That, yes, was that was in the New Mutants. Yes. Oh my God! So when did that? When did that stop? <laughs>
0: Didn't that happen during Fall fall of the Mutants when they were fighting, like, the the Animus or whatever his name was? And his Animan or whatever on that island, the guy that shot Doug?
1: But I feel like if that – but then – that's the interesting thing. It was, like, if that was part of your powers, um, why is that not part of your powers now? Like, you know what I mean?
0: It faded. Like something happened. Yeah, there's a whole, like, storyline about when her powers were able to do that.
1: We need – someone needs to fucking – Get this together, get get her powers set together. Oh, my
0: God. You don't know when she had solid, she can do solid fears and wishes powers?
1: I don't remember that at all. Ah! I blanked it out. I will say, but that was post. I will say, like, I didn't really read like the, it was like the post uh, Sankovic pre-Inferno. Yeah. I didn't read, I wasn't really into the New Mutants then. I didn't read all of that. With Doug Ramsey dying and all that shit.
0: Yeah, I did. I did read it.
1: Um anyway, New Mutants, like Ileana is battling Sim for uh for Limbo.
0: Yeah, it's a rule.
1: Uh and it's kind of boring. Uh,
0: it is boring. Like I don't know, not a big fan of techno-organic virus, first of all. Yeah. So Sim is like, I have the T.O. virus and I can do anything. I'm like, and that's precisely why we hate the T.O. virus. Yeah. So there's that. And it's just like, it's just this long, drawn-out battle. I mean, great, it's the culmination of Ileana's, you know, limbo stuff. Um and the
1: strange thing is, is that she embraces her dark child personality and the way I didn't realize what they did is they did a stepping disk into the past. Mm-hmm. I forgot and Rain. like the I forgot like the logistics of this, and Rain kind of pulled her from the past, and so when she sacrificed herself, the girl from the past was still alive. Yeah. And what did was it Lobdell who decided then to just kill her off with the legacy virus?
0: With the legacy virus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who, who decided that?
0: Uh, it's probably Lobdell. I don't know. What a
1: fucking what a fucking fuck you to that character.
0: I know. After all that, she just gets the legacy virus
1: and then dies. Um, and then it was Yost. Um, Yost and what's the guy who wrote with Yost? Christopher Yost.
0: Um, uh, Craig Kyle.
1: Craig Kyle, Kyle and Yost. They brought her back. And do you remember how they were able to bring her back?
0: through limbo like when the new New x-men kids went into limbo right
1: well they were saying that alania Il- Il- iliana sacrificed herself but the dark child part of herself was still split off so technically it was only the dark child portion mm-hmm. without a soul and that's why if you remember when the new mutants came back in like 2009 iliana was like kind of straight up evil because she didn't yeah, have a soul yeah. And they kind of like washed that away and kind of made her back to kind of, I mean, she's still very gruff and aggressive, but I remember the very beginning Ileana was like full on Ooh, news, scary. scary, creepy. Um, but yeah, this is the death of Ileana. It was a very big changeup of the book. This was a change up of all the books, really, because after this, um, the X-Men become disbanded and then X-Factor um, falls apart. It's yeah. kind of, they were just like, after this, I wonder what, like, prompted... This was a bow. I wonder what prompted, like, do you think... Because this was before Jim Lee fully came on and started taking over. Like, I wonder, like, what made Chris Claremont decide, hey, let's just fuck it all up. I want to, like, let's start completely fresh. And Inferno yeah, was I kind mean, this, of a cleanser.
0: This was... Uh, putting a closure on a, a number of story arcs yeah. happening in these books.
1: And, but the, but Louise Simonson just isn't very good at, at, Um, I guess it was just, it was just a little clunky for the new mutants one and the yeah. exterminators. Um, but then uh, we get into the X-Men X-Factor crossovers. And that is just some of the best, it's
0: pulse pounding
1: it's pulse pounding some of the best uh storytelling ever the action scenes the drama the betrayals i mean also the x everyone thinks the x-men are dead and the x-factor finally reunites with them there is so much going on the x-men are consumed by the evilness of inferno and kind of start turning evil and there's like the evil costume versions of them Mm -hmm. Ah, the evil costume versions of the X-Men are some of my favorite.
0: Oh, they were so great. They were so great because they were drawn so weirdly when Walt Simonson drew them in the X-Factor issues. That weird, I kind of liked, first of all, there is, for me, a sense of, oh, thank God, when you go from Walter Simonson's X-Factor issues to Mark Silvestri's X-Men issues. (laughs) Yes. Back into Sylvestri style, you're like, oh, thank God.
1: I know.
0: That said, uh, it kind of reminds me of Morrison's run when you Like, you got back to Frank Quietly after the other guy. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, oh, thank Jesus. Um, <laughs> but that said, there's something about Walter Simons' evil Inferno X-Men costume designs <laughs> that I kind of love.
1: Um. I love that, like, Psylocke, her just like, it's her hood, like, you don't see her face anymore. It's just black. And her hood is all, and her cape is all tattered. Like, Rogue's hair is like extra. Rogue's hair is wild. Wolverine's, like, his things are super long and tattered. Yeah. I kind of love it. Colossus is like, I'm over this. And he goes off to help Ileana.
0: Because he's not affected by the enchantment of turning everything evil. And, but let me ask you. So okay. Longshot is, he, he is affected because he gets attacked by Naster. And Naster yeah, does that, like, strip the demon. Yeah. But then Dazzler gets affected too. And I ask you, is it because she fucked Longstar after he got affected? Longshot? I mean, uh, Longshot? Sorry. I
1: think so. I think it's like AD. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like demon STI. I love it.
1: Um, yeah. Also, a long shot is also just very susceptible. I think in the same way. You did. not Did you read his caliber? Innocence.
0: No, I didn't get to it, but we can still talk about it because I mean I have read it.
1: Because that's the interesting thing is they set up. Rachel goes to save Nathan because she gets a she hears his cry and she just tears out of the place. So Kitty Nightcrawler, Megan, and Brian they are flying across the Atlantic to like get to her. And at one point, Kitty has to uh, poop. And which is a hilarious line in which Brian is like, can't you just like phase? And she's like, gross, no. So they land on a ship. And in the ship, all of these guys want to fuck Megan, but instead, when they see her, she's like, Ooh, they like me. And her boobs start getting bigger and she becomes prettier and prettier. And then,
0: <gasps> I remember that.
1: And then Brian is such an, like, he's so clueless that Nightcrawler is the only one defending her. And then yes. Nightcrawler's like, Fuck you, Brian. You're a f- you fucking treater. Yes. Like and she's like wearing, she was wearing some skimpy negligee, and he's like, "Look at her underwear. This isn't her." And she's doing it for him, and he doesn't even notice. Like he wants to fuck Megan so bad. Yes. But Megan is just like, "You don't understand." Because of I, I'm such an empath. I literally just suck in the the emotions around me and take it in. And then they arrive at in Inferno, and he's like, "Oh my God, it's evil!" And she's immediately like, "Bah!" And she's like, <laughs> on, "Like literally in one second, she's talk like, about full susceptible." On. Evil and she just throws Nightcrawler like to his death and flies up to Naster and he bites her and turns her into the goblin princess. Yes. Which then and then uh Rachel But when does
0: Brian show up in the leather spiked?
1: Well, that's the thing, is then Rachel is gets sucked in by him and becomes a mannequin, so Nightcrawler's trying to save Rachel. Yes!
0: Oh my god, I forgot about that. And
1: meanwhile, the goblin princess uh, attacks Brian. And when Kitty goes to save her, it's in a movie theater. And because they've all come to life, they're just in different horror movie action movies. So I Brian remember there being a, like, Freddy, a Freddy, a Freddie moment, like Freddie Kruger. He's like the terminator. Yes. yes. Um, and so she's like trying to battle him. And in the way she ends up doing it is that she's like, wait, I have, um, I still have a piece of the soul sword or the Excalibur sword or whatever. And so she pulls out the sword and fucking slashes Brian and then stabs Megan, and then they're back to normal.
0: She slashes Brian when he's in the harness.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That Megan puts him in.
1: Alan Davis is into some freaky shit. I bet.
0: Alan Davis's is. Alan Davis is Brian Braddock. Definitely made me feel funny as a kid.
1: Oh, even I wanted the Nightcrawler version of him too.
0: Oh yes. Hmm. Um, so is Excalibur Inferno in some ways the best part of it? The best the best book, do you think?
1: I mean, no. X-Men 242 Giant Size oh my God. is the best. Ah! Where, they, where they kill Naster. That's, that's the best one. Because all of the X-Factor... Because in this Giant Size, they are all fighting each other. And then it finally takes them to realize, wait, we have to... It's when they finally realize that Madeline is evil...
0: Yeah, and they have to fight.
1: And they have to fight, and they kill Naster. But then at the end of that, uh, Havoc gets his Havoc-tattered rags Mm -hmm. and decides to take... Goblin Prince. Becomes the Goblin Prince. And then uh, in the next issue, she's basically like, all right, I'm making a sacrificial altar. We're going to kill my son. And Havoc is like, do we really have to do this And I'm like, at what point... When she says I'm going to kill the son, like, you should have wise... You should have wised up. I feel havoc. I think we can... I think havoc... I would have been way more pissed off at havoc.
0: Yeah. Havoc's an idiot.
1: I was like, what? She's like... He's
0: very closed off from himself.
1: Yeah, he's like, oh, but, you know, we were dating and I was in love. Well, she said she was going to kill her son. So I think you should have included she was a little off a rocker.
0: Anyway. So did you... um... Did you – well, let's keep going into that this moment. So the moment where it there's an X-Factor issue that ends with Wolverine's hand touching Gene's shoulder. Right. And it's like, next issue at Uncanny X-Men. And then you open Uncanny X-Men and it's the Mark Silvestri beautiful splash page with Wolverine like mouth-raping Gene. But also just everyone's scattered and you're like, oh my god, they're together. I remember how – big that moment was oh, that was i have goosebumps
1: right now thinking about it seeing it, them all together drawn by mark silvestri in just this gorgeous way ah oh, so good and they had Pryor been apart for back, a while and so they and she's like tricking the x men thinking that she's not mm-hmm. evil
0: mhm but they i mean There was the moment in the Mutant Massacre where Wolverine smelled Gene in the Morlock tunnels and he didn't tell anyone. So Wolverine's been hanging on to this knowledge for issues and issues and issues and issues now.
1: Um, The other thing that I realized is when they battle the Marauders, all the Marauders are back to life.
0: Yeah. And And that was the first time that ever happened, I believe.
1: I know, but it's the first time I also realized being like, oh... Sinister cloned all of them. He's a cloner. Mm -hmm. Like, I never thought of that before that. I was always like, how did he come back to life? Uh, (laughs) And it wasn't (laughs) literally until this read that I was like, oh, duh. Oh, he cloned them. Yeah, he's a cloner. You cloner.
0: I think what I realized this read is how crazy it is that this circles back to the death of Phoenix. I don't think I've ever really realized back then, because I didn't read... I didn't read Phoenix um, as like part of my X-Men reading. It was before my time, thank God. So I knew of the Phoenix event, you know, but like I just don't think I did the math or realized the drama of this.
1: Oh, because of the classic. The classic X-Men was doing the Dark Phoenix, I bought the Dark Phoenix saga and still have that book from the eighties. I still have the same one. So I read it before all the Inferno happened. So I was yeah. fully invested.
0: Fully invested. Uh, it's cra- it's crazy, though. It's crazy that it circles back to Phoenix um, and then circles back to Scott's Orphanage. Like, it, it really closes a lot of story arcs, storylines.
1: But then you think that right after There's that, right after Inferno and X-Factor... Uh, Nanny and the Orphan Maker show
0: up. Nanny and the Orphan Maker—they show up right in the in the prelude issues too.
1: Right now, so it's all—it's just kind of crazy how I feel like ninety-five to two thousand I consider like the dead years. Yeah. Like really, nothing. Yeah, the Scott
0: Lobdell years. Yeah. Um. And was that Claremont? That was Claremont coming back and Scott Lobdell. Like, those two things combined, right?
1: I think Claremont came... No, Claremont came back when Morrison came back.
0: No, that's not true. He came back uh, before.
1: Oh, wait. He came back again, though, when Morrison came back. For what? He did... um, He was writing one of the, he was writing uh, for a bit, he was writing the Storm one. Huh? Wasn't he writing Extreme X-Men? Oh,
0: Extreme X-Men. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: No, but the Rachel Dinosaur one was before Morrison. No, or was that after?
0: I think that was after.
1: Yeah, that was after, too. I don't think Claremont came back until then, until the Extreme X-Men one.
0: Didn't he do like revolution and all that? Like the hunt for the, like the, the uh, the Neo, the Neo.
1: See, I didn't read all of that. I tried to catch. Yeah, but when was that?
0: When was that though?
1: I don't remember.
0: That was before Morrison.
1: All right. Anyway, whatever. Inferno. What are your takeaways from Inferno? Um,
0: I have a few. Um, that number one this was like so peak x-men for me like the, the scene of battle and prior sketching the star and thinking like oh that could be the x-men's logo Longshot and dazzler already wear it on their costumes maybe there's something do you know how many times i sketched that star mm-hmm. after i read that page in notebooks and stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean it's not even it's not even funny um uh, i forgot how much i loved the x-factor kids there's a brief moment where freedom force shows up in one of the prelude books. Mm-hmm. I re- never realized how hilarious that is that like mystique and the blob work for the government and like, are like good guys or like quote unquote government. You know, they're not.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, anyway, freedom force is hilarious. I remember that. Um, I remember thinking that John Bognadov's demons. So he's the guy who drew X terminators. And he was also the guy that was writing and drawing power pack. um, his demons are so scary and so weird.
1: What? Uh, You read Power Pack.
0: No, I didn't get to that either, but oh. I did read it. I, like, so I did, I skimmed it a little, but I remember it very well from my original reading. What happens
1: in Power Pack? Who was in it?
0: So there's like, there's a guy who's transformed into a demon and he goes after Power Pack and it's him trying to kill the kids and he kidnaps their parents. And that's how Power Pack's parents um find out that power pack has powers and that they've been superheroing and um it's really dramatic like the guy like katie the little one is crying a lot and like the guy's really gonna like fuck up the parents and i think he hurts one of them and and, like he kills a bunch of people in front of the kids it's really it's real fucked up and um it ends with you know them killing him And they go home with the parents and it's still hot and they're in their like small New York apartment. And the parents are in the kitchen and the kids are like, all right, well, there's, you know, demons and shit out there. We got to go. And the parents have like big smiles on their faces um, when they're like, "Okay, kids, bye. And the kids fly out the window and the parents like then fall apart. They just start like screaming and crying at the kitchen table. And it is such an insane panel. Of the parents, like, having nervous breakdowns after the kids leave to go superheroing. (laughs) Oh, my God. But it's a really intense, dramatic... Is
1: that um, Louise Simonson as well? No, I think it is
0: John Bognadov. Oh, okay. I think he might have written that one, too. I can look that up.
1: Hmm. Inferno.
0: So, other takeaways. Um, There's an issue where Dazzler walks into a bar and sings... Which, iconic. Um, Also, it says that she goes into a rendition of Proud Mary. That would put Tina...
1: (laughs) Tina Turner to shame. I remember that.
0: I'm like, first,
1: there's no... (laughs) It's racist! Can you imagine her being like, got a big job in the city! Yeah! Ooh! Big wheel, keep on There turning. is no way it puts <laughs>
0: Tina Turner to shame. I don't care who she is. Um, um, it's yeah. super weird that Nanny and the Orphan Maker have Jean's niece and nephew. And then later, Jean's parents get turned into demons. Like, this whole thing is not kind to Jean Grey's family.
1: Oh, I love that one line from Madeline. She's like, what's wrong? It's just your parents. All you have to do is kill them. Cause if you don't, they'll <laughs> surely kill you. <laughs> oh
0: Madeline. <laughs> She's so mad, Madeline. Her underboob. Um One thing that's crazy is in New Mutants, so a few things. One, Rain Sinclair cannot handle limbo. Like two much for this girl. Yeah. She's falling
1: apart.
0: Yeah. She's like I cannot be here. Yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know there's so many demons. <laughs> um but part of the reason why is cuz she witnesses this insane abuse. Of Ileana Rasputin, age six, seven. Oh yeah, she's at the, hands basically of Sim, like the demon. getting beat
1: up and raped and like dragged off <laughs> by her <laughs> hair. Like, and Alana's like, well, just, it's the past. You can't mess with it. Just like, I need to learn from that. <laughs> Meanwhile,
0: Rain is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like he starts like hitting this little girl. It's not cool. It's very fucked up.
1: Yeah, it's super fucked up.
0: The other thing is in New Mutants when we cut to the Hellfire Club, it's so weird to see Emma Frost.
1: Right. It's so weird it's to see that Emma Frost. Emma Frost, but she's she's kind of like the good guy on Magneto's side in it.
0: Right? She has like her only panel is a sympathetic, heroic kind of moment.
1: But then this is the weird thing, and I forgot this too, is where Magneto, this is where Magneto is like, No, I. Oh, does this happen before or after Inferno? When he's because I read a bunch of them where he's like, "No, I was just trying to prepare you for war because I was just putting up with Xavier, but you know, in the end, I know we're going to go to war with the humans and and the the New Mutants were like, "Fuck Fuck you." you. Did that happen during Inferno or after?
0: I feel like it happened before. No, before. isn't that when they they get those costumes that they're wearing in Inferno? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, "We don't need him." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I found that interesting, but it was weird that the whole dynamic it was Magneto and Emma Frost versus Shaw and Celine.
0: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Um yeah.
0: I um, wonder if Emma had any kind of sympathetic moments prior to that. Like if she had any dialogue that was like we can't do this you guys, you
1: know. No, I think her first sympathetic thing came when the Hellions died. Yeah. Which isn't that long after. Yeah. Crazy. I also just feel there's just something about um, female villainy of Madeline Pryor of, I just like a woman scorned and deciding to just burn it all to the fucking ground.
0: Talk to me. Yes.
1: And there's just something. It's very, uh, she reminds me of Maleficent. Yeah, you know, or like, where it's like, you didn't invite me to this baby christening. Well, I'm gonna fucking murder her. This is right. like, you left me. Well, I'm gonna fucking destroy New York City.
0: Love it, kill my baby. Love it more. I, I want more female love, villains like this.
1: Yes, I like love just the fuck you,
0: villains. Yeah, burn it yeah. down. We love Madeline Pryor. We're Second so happy she came back.
1: on fire. <laughs>
0: We're so happy Madeline came back, and then comics stopped. Right when Madeline came back.
1: Right when she came back. And she's still
0: like, fuck you all, by the way. I would love it if during Hellions, Madeline's like, where's Scott Summers? I want to tear his dick off. And they're like, you're still, that's still your thing? She's like, oh, yes. Oh, baby. This will always be my thing.
1: Tear his dick off? Is that
0: I don't was know. She's just, no. oh, She's I just mad. If
1: she I was wondering if she actually referenced tearing his penis off. Anyway.
0: I mean, but if also no do one it.
1: has cable and Madeline Pryor ever. Cause he always like calls Jean gray mom. And it's like Madeline Pryor is the one that pushed you out of her pussy. Like yeah. some kind of interaction with that.
0: Right. Even though in this baby cables, like psychically crying out to Jean um, left and right. And Madeline's like, stop oh, I love
1: talking to her. I love she's like, how dare you call out to that witch? I'm like, bitch, you're that trying cow. to kill him. I was like, I think you're trying to kill him. So I can't, yeah. can't be mad. that How like, dare you
0: telepathically good. reach out to that cow? I, well, love I try it. to murder you. Oh my God. Why I do cow. comic book women call each other cow so much? <laughs> it's so
1: British. Cause that's people in Britain still call each other cows. It's a very British thing. You say cow more than like bitch in Britain. Do they say cow
0: more than cunt?
1: Well, cunt is more like you call, like, more like a guy, a cunt, Cunt. more than a woman. Yeah, shut up, you cunt. Shut up, you cunt. And cunt cunt is, like, not a big deal in Britain. I know this because I watch a lot of British soap operas, Hollyoaks, watch it. But they do, like, they would say, oh, go do one, you old cow. Like, they say that shit all the time. I love it.
0: Well, so does Madeline Pryor. I love it. <laughs> also, the other thing she does is she really f- likes to throw that baby around, like swinging it by the or ankle. Or she's just holding
1: it by the arm. I like where she literally just throws it in the air, like, take this baby. I'm and then the, the 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 aliens, aliens the goblins drop it, and yeah. then Jean Grey has to try and catch it.
0: And then Madeline's like, psych.
1: Psych, I got Still it. Still got and it. She's like holding it by the leg. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's insane.
0: So, Madeline is revealed to be a clone of Jean Grey. Now, Sinister is like, I got your DNA and I made a clone. Do you remember where they revealed Sinister got Gene's DNA after this?
1: Where? When? No.
0: Yeah. I remember reading this issue of this thing and I was like, huh? here? You're doing this here? Um... It was when Hold on. Yeah, it was when the Wildcats crossed over with the X-Men. The Wildcats from Wildstorm comics. It was an X-Men Wildcats crossover like X-Men But that crossover happened with later. like Grifter. Yeah, but it was a flashback.
1: Oh, so but so I mean so this is something that happened later and they decided to be like oh this is when it happened. Yes. Okay.
0: It had it, it happened later. It was a crossover with uh, like Image Comics, essentially Image Wildstorm, um, and they put it in there. But it, but it took place prior to Inferno. But it came out later.
1: Wait, but when did he actually? But he had to take Jean Grey's DNA. When did
0: he? Yeah, like in a battle with like it's like the original five or like fighting the Wildcats in this crossover event. And like Sinister like is in it and he Gene oh, Gray's like out oh, cold God, God. and he takes a sample of her.
1: Was he like, even in the comic or this? did he just or did he just show up out of nowhere and take uh,
0: it? He was in he was part of the story. Oh okay. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. Um, it was like Sinister
0: teamed up with whoever the Wildcat's villain is.
1: I do have one complaint. What? One um, one thing? I have one complaint, and it is where uh, Madeline Pryor reveals that her powers manifested when she influenced the battle between Storm and Cyclops. Oh, yeah. And I don't like that because I don't like the idea that Storm needed magical help to win the battle. I, I know, like and there's that.
0: no response from Storm. She's like, "Bitch, I won that fair." And yeah, I wish Storm sure,
1: was like, "Fuck you, cunt. I did it by on my own." <laughs> oh. Um
0: I also like that Storm is the one that kills Naster. Essentially, at the end, and
1: he's like, "What makes you judge, jury, and executor? I am Storm, and I lead the X Men, and that gives me every right. That gives me the like,
0: responsibility yeah. and the right." I
1: was like, "Um, um, who and who are the X Men? This bitch, I love this bitch. Mm. <laughs> I want this bitch back."
0: <laughs> she basically tells Cyclops to shut up a few times in yeah, different ways yeah. throughout this. My favorite is when she's like, "You're a bunch of mutant hunters, X Factor." because um, yeah. they weren't doing that stupid shit for a while and he's like no we're, it was just a cover and cameron hodge like fucked with our pr i mean it's been on the news we were cleared and storm's like we when we're off on adventures we tape the news and we watch it <laughs> and we're a few weeks behind but we've seen nothing that absolves you <laughs> and then later it comes out that like madeline is the one who's been taping the news well, that's what he's them. like
1: who's been taping he's like well madeline has wait a minute what madeline i just love like i need to speak to madeline at once that
0: they tape the news when they're out yes. on adventures so they that's don't miss it do. wound up being a plot point
1: that's that's how it went back then <laughs> On their VHS. Can you fix the tracking on this? She goes, um,
0: you, "Shut up, Cyclops. We tape the news, <laughs> and we may be two weeks behind or something. But we've we seen nothing that backs your story up." <laughs> um, love that Madeline keeps calling herself a brood mare. It's super weird. Yeah, and I love at the end, like one of the very last panels. They're like, "Oh, by the way, we have the babies." <laughs> The babies from Exterminators
1: that formed the giant pentagram in the sky. There's like a pentagram and they're all screaming in pain. And I was like, like, are they all dead? The babies are fine. They're they're like, oh, the babies are okay. I'm like, are they? I don't think so.
0: I don't like I would.
1: Because that will fuck you up. What about that story?
0: Let's do that story. Whatever happened to those babies?
1: Well, it fucks you up here. I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent because I think just because you don't remember If something that traumatic happens to you, that fucks you up permanently, even if you're too young to like fully grasp it. And here is my example is my boyfriend has an insane like Mari Povich style runaway like fear of snakes. Okay. to the point where we watched an episode of Bob's Burgers and there was a snake in it, a cartoon Bob's Burgers snake. And he physically like jumped out of his seat and like had to like walk away and not watch the cartoon. That's insane. But I was like, what happened to you with snakes? And he's like, nothing that I remember. And I'm convinced that as a baby or a child, he was attacked by a snake. And I have my mom's best friend has a fear of birds. And her mother told her that when she was an infant... She left her in a stroller and like walked away in a park. And when she came back, a flock of like uh, pigeons found like food she was eating and were basically attacking her as a baby. And ever since then, she even though she doesn't remember the incident, she cannot be around birds. She runs I believe it. She sees a bird, and I think these babies are now scared of lightning. They are scared and um, pentagrams They and pentagrams. They were never able to watch the demons. Gremlins. Uh-
0: <laughs> oh, that's so funny that you said that because Inferno reminds me a lot of gremlins, just the whole like city coming to life, like in the mailboxes, kind of like doing bits as they yeah, pull your yeah. eyes out. And very, very gremlins.
1: Um, exterminators though. Uh, my main problem was Wizkid. He was so annoying.
0: He's like just a shitty guy shitty kid
1: yeah. a dyslexic and he's dyslexic and he's like i don't need to read i can make a computer shoot guns.
0: yeah and he's like i don't need you already and leech and it's like they just got here like they haven't even said hi to you yet yeah like relax Explanated. uh we get the name we get the name archangel at the end beast is like your your name is archangel
1: when does he say that at the end at the end, of, At the end of
0: the X Factor, when they blow away Sinister.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that was the first time he called him that.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, they have been calling him either Angel or Death through the whole thing. Yeah. And then he's like, You'll be Archangel.
1: <laughs> oh, my stars and garters. Um, I also think it's so funny, though, where we were talking about how oh, he says Broodmare. There's another one where it's like, where they're doing the ice and the and the heat to kill Naster. Yeah. And then long is like, oh great, why don't we all just like shoot ourselves in the face? Yeah. And then there's like a triple bubble of uh, rogue, dazzler, and beast all going Belt up, long shot.
0: Yeah, how did they <laughs> all know to say I know. belt up at belt the same up? time? Because <laughs> no one's ever said that before. And they all said that. I guess that's de- that's demon. That was Inferno magic.
1: Also, that drawing, the coloring is off and it looks like it's a different beast head. If you relook at that image, beast's head, the way it's drawn is a little fucked up. It's prison.
0: crazy that this was also the beginning of Blue Beast again. Like, this was when Beast officially turned blue right before. That's funny. Right. It's his first blue mission since uh, for a long time, since he was on the Avengers.
1: And this is also one of the few times where it references, uh, I mean, I guess they were referencing it before in X-Factor with his belt and stuff of, of just how powerful Iceman is. Yeah. I mean, he literally just like shot a huge glacier on top of, the Empire State Building.
0: Yeah. He's wearing his belt through this whole thing, right?
1: I think so, yeah. He's. This guy. Faggot. Yeah. <laughs> Inferno. I mean, he just,
0: he just wanted to accessorize. There was nothing wrong oh, no. with Bobby's powers.
1: <laughs>
0: Inferno! It consumed us all.
1: Oh, it did.
0: Um, is there
1: any news on comics yeah
0: on? no no marvel just said yep no none next week either folks but hang tight um one thing i saw on twitter was Donnie cates the marvel writer retweeted the marvel tweet about there's not going to be any new comics and he said um listen it's not as bad as as you think there are things happening in the background he's like it's gonna be a little while but but trust me like it'll it'll all work out comics are not dead you know plans are in motion um so i mean that gave me a little bit of hope
1: better it's like i've been i've been reading the x-men i mean regularly for like 15 years you know what i mean like so this is weird Like, not having it in my life.
0: And it's weird that it got pulled away from us right when it became the most unreal, incredible version of it ever.
1: Well, I mean, but here's the... Can you imagine, though, if it was, like, House of X2 happened and then this what happened?
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, but also, I mean, could you imagine, like... You know, if it was uh, X Men Gold and this
1: happened, (laughs) I would have not given a shit. Right. Oh, take as long as you want.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. Well, there's always hope. And also, hope is a myth.
1: (laughs) Hope Summers. Hope Summers is a myth.
0: The Five is a myth.
1: Um. What uh? What are we going to talk about next week? Are we going to uh, continue on with gay? Yes,
0: icons? we must continue on with gay icons. We have What to is think.
1: another gay icon?
0: Um. Uh, oh my god! I, think I have Aurora one. Monroe. Um. Yeah. I have one. What?
1: We mentioned her. Dazzler. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say Dazzler. Should we read a few Dazzler uh, Was what um, is Beauty and the
0: Beast? Beauty and the Beast, Dazzler the Movie, the graphic novel.
1: And uh
0: And what about uh what about the uh, astonishing or um or extreme X-Men? What's the team with the bisexual
1: Hercules Wolverine? And Wolverine? Yeah. yeah, what was that called? We'll look it, we'll figure it up. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll read a couple of each of those. Okay. Let's talk about Dazzler. And, oh, maybe just for shits and giggles, maybe uh, um, Dazzler versus Juggernaut.
0: Yes.
1: 212? Um, 212, two
0: two 215, something around something there. Something like that. Let's do All
1: it. Right. Dazzler, gay icons continue.
0: Join us next week for gay icons. Um, and remember, everyone, the reason you'll enjoy the gay icon series is because if you read comics, Well, then that makes you queer.
1: Queer. Bye. Bye.